Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in our, to our text in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. How many of you were here two weeks ago when I ministered on this? Hold your hand up real high so I can see a lot of you, most of you. And then skip the week before that. We had a Holy Ghost meeting that uh, Sunday morning. And we go back the week before that. I ministered on it. So I'm not going to read all of the things and make all the earlier comments or preliminary comments, comments that I made before. And uh, if you haven't heard what went before, you should go back and listen to it. It's online that would give you more information and make some of this make, make more sense. But we're going to start in First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Paul said, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Before I go any further, I just want you to take notice of the use of the word wisdom. In verse 4, he said, uh, uh, he didn't speak with persuasive words of human wisdom. Verse 5, that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men. Verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among those who who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. That's the second word I want you to pay close attention to. He said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, you'll notice in this verse, the the second usage of the word wisdom after the word hidden. You'll notice that that word is in italics. That means it's not there in the original. Uh, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Instead of the hidden wisdom, I, I think it's referring to the hidden mystery. As we'll see, this mystery's been hidden, and the New Testament talks about this a lot. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden mystery, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, when we're talking about the deep things of God, we're talking about the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And when it comes to uh, the, this passage, you can look in this, at this in a couple of different ways. The things which God has prepared for the church, the body of Christ. The things that he has prepared generally for all who love him. There, there, there are a lot of things that he has prepared for all of us. We share all of these things in common. There's also another way to look at it, the things that he has prepared for you. Yes, you as part of the body, but also you particularly, what has God prepared for you to walk in? 
What has he called you to do? Because there's a calling on every one of our lives. Amen. Amen? So we're going to get into that. uh, Probably not, probably won't get to it today. But uh, let's go back to the concept of the things that he has prepared for all of us who love him. Amen? He said the spirit... God has revealed these things to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all of these things. Yes, the deep things of God. Uh, go Go to 2 Timothy real quick and look at the first chapter and look at verse number nine. This is a verse that I love that I read very often in my morning's morning devotional. In verse 9 it says, God, who who refers to God, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now this idea of him doing this before time began is also central to, to what we're talking about. But the thing I want you to see, first of all, is that God called you and me with a holy calling. And it wasn't according to our good works. It was according to his, it says, his own purpose and grace, which was given to us. Now notice, in Christ before time began. Well, how could that happen? God had a plan that centered, that centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, he, and this plan was conceived before time began. And you and I are in that plan. God called you and, and, and me, gave each of us, called us with a holy calling. It it has nothing to do whatsoever with our behavior. Has nothing to do with whether we're good or bad or faithful or unfaithful or deserving or undeserving, whether we miss it a lot or we only occasionally miss it or it's according to his purpose and grace that was given to each one of us The Bible says God knew you before you were born. I got news for you. He knew you before time began. Not just before you were born naturally, but before before time even began, God knew you. And he had a plan for you. He He had grace to give you. Do you think it might be important that we find that plan? Amen. Well, glory to God. Let's look at some of the other passages that we looked at, and we'll look at these really quick. Uh, back, Go back to 1 Corinthians again. Let's get, pick up this terminology that we're focusing on here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 7. We speak the, the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden, and I, like I said, the word wisdom is, was added by the translators. It's not there in the original. Well, if they could add it, I can add something. Amen. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden mystery, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Notice that this hidden wisdom was ordained 
before God chose us and, and planned this. It says here, before the ages. I don't know how many ages, honestly, I don't know how many ages there have been. I mean, I know, I know some of them, but I don't know that I know all of them. But before the ages began, God planned this. Go with me over to uh, Colossians chapter 1. I just want you to get the, the sense of how often this is spoken of. Colossians chapter 1. And let's look, let's look at verse number 26. The mystery which has been hidden. See, that's why I changed that word to mystery instead of wisdom over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. Not just, not just ages, but this wisdom has been hidden from previous generations. What, what, are, what does generations refer to? Generations refer to the different times in which people have lived and ancestors and uh, naturally, spiritually, going back to, to, to Adam and Eve. Different generations. Every generation, uh, God hid this from every generation. This wisdom and this, or, or this mystery. Notice, from generations and from ages... But now has been revealed to the saints. To, to, let's read on in verse 27. I hadn't intended to, but we'll read on. To them, it's amazing to me. I'll just stop right here. It's amazing to me that, that this really is one of the central themes in Paul's epistles. And yet it is barely mentioned in the church. I, growing up, I never heard a message about this. Didn't know a thing about it. And very, very few people today ever talk about it. But it's been revealed to us. So, well, uh, I don't know anything about it. Well, it's because you're not listening. Because the Spirit is constantly searching these things. To them, that is to us, the saints, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Notice, notice the language, the riches of the glory of this mystery. Glory to God. Well, let's, let's look at another couple of verses. Let's look at Romans. I think that's the one we want to go to. Yeah, let's go to Romans 16. Hallelujah. Romans 16, verse number 25. Now to him, that's talking about God, who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest. And by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, faith to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. To God alone wise. I've never seen that until just now. That, that confirms more of what I'm going to be talking about this morning if I have time to get 
and into the, the depth of it. God alone is wise. Oh boy. I'll just do this just real briefly. We'll, we'll talk about this later. Lucifer was the anointed cherub. We'll read more about it. Maybe I'll cover this tonight in a little more detail. Lucifer was lifted up in pride because of his beauty and because of his wisdom. The Bible says that he excelled. If I, I don't know exactly the, the exact language there in, in uh, uh, Ezekiel uh, uh, four, uh, 28. He excelled in wisdom. Lucifer, in his, in his pride, he got lifted up in pride. And because of his wisdom and, and some other things that he was involved in, he, iniquity was found in his heart. He led a rebellion against God in heaven. Not just the heavens, in heaven. He led a rebellion against God on the earth, and this was before Adam and Eve were ever on the scene, he led a rebellion in the earth, and he, re- and he led a rebellion in heaven, and persuaded a certain portion of the, of the angels to go with him. And his, his main focus was he wanted to be like God. He thought he could sit. The, the, the Bible talks about in that passage somewhere, it talks about, uh, I will sit uh, 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 at, the, at the, uh, uh, the, the head of the congregation. There, there, was, there was a congregation in heaven. Uh, had to have been made up of angels and other beings, and they worshipped as a congregation, and he wanted to sit at the head of that. His primary lust was for wisdom. And he, he was given tremendous wisdom. Unbelievably intelligent being. He, he no doubt had access to some of the greatest secrets and mysteries and wisdoms of God. He had access to that. But there was one thing he did not have access to. And that's what we're talking about right here. But he had, a, he had a glimpse of it. He understood eventually, evidently, he came to understand that he would never have that place, but that Christ would have that place. And when I believe when he realized that is when he turned in rebellion and, and led this rebellion and there was actually a war in heaven. He was kicked out of heaven. War broke out in heaven. In heaven. War broke out in heaven. And he was kicked out of heaven. He and the angels that followed him. This quest for wisdom showed up again in the Garden of Eden. Boy, I'm getting way off my text here, but it's all part of it. This wisdom showed up in the Garden of Eden. The serpent came to Eve. Now, you have to understand this. The serpent didn't, wasn't a snake on the ground. The serpent at this time was upright. It was a, he said it was the most beautiful uh, beast in the field. 
And this, and this animal came to, to, to Eve and, and Lucifer, Satan was using this animal's voice. And through this animal spoke to Eve because Eve couldn't see into the realm of the spirit. So he's using this, 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 uh, this animal. And he said, has God told you you can't eat of this? She said, no, we can't eat. He said, oh, you, you'll not die if you eat of this. He said, the reason God doesn't want you to eat of this that is because he knows if you eat of it, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. What's he talking about? Having wisdom. And the Bible says when Eve saw that the tree was pleasant to look at, the fruit was pleasant to look at, and it was desirable to make one wise, the quest for wisdom. Lucifer, fallen angels, demons, and mankind ever since the fall has lusted after wisdom the, the, the Bible talks about the wisdom of this age. You don't have to go very far anywhere outside the church house and you run into that wisdom. All in the world, people, they're so full of themselves, so full of their own devices, so, so uh, 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 ignorant of God and rebellious against God. And their rebellion against God is based in a phony wisdom. And then, and they'll brag to you. Oh, I, you know, I don't believe in the Bible. I'm more, I'm more enlightened than that. I don't fall for that foolishness. Go back over to chapter one. Well, praise the Lord. We won't get very far today. It's all right. Verse number 17, Christ did not send me to baptize, Paul said, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now notice, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of of the prudent. That's what this is all about. It's what the church is all about. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where, where is the philosopher? Where, where are the, the, the uh, enlightened ones? Where is the disputer of this age? God has, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God... The world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews seek a sign and the Gentiles seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks or Gentiles foolishness. But to those of us who are called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolish, this is so important, the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. 
But God has chosen the foolish things of the... Listen, never look down on your brothers and sisters. Just because somebody is not as sharp as you are, might be somebody sort of dull, or might be somebody that's, uh, that doesn't have their life together, somebody that doesn't uh, sort of, you know, like they, the saying goes, have all their ducks in a row. I've seen Christians, and this hasn't happened in a long time, but I've seen it before in this church. I've seen members of our church turn their nose up when certain people came in and gave their life to Christ. Because they weren't very nice looking. Because they weren't, they weren't cleaned up very well. And they were crude and they were uncultured and undignified. I, I've, I've seen it. Not Like I said, not in a long time, but I've seen it. You're forgetting where you came from. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called... But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him You are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. It is is and was God's intention to show Lucifer, to show Satan and to show the followers, those who would follow him, The folly of their so-called wisdom. By exalting people like us. From, not from the upper crust. Not from the privileged class. Not from the, from the, uh, uh, power class. Just ordinary men, women, boys and girls. God has chosen the, the common things of this life and common people to teach the, the, the most powerful in the universe. Satan, as a, even though he's fallen, he's still a, a, an awesome character. He's an awesome personage. Well, amen. It says over in Jude that... Michael, in, in disputing, in arguing with Satan over the body of Moses, dared not bring a, a, uh, a, a contemptuous accusation, a reviling, I think it says, accusation against Satan. Instead, he said, the Lord rebuke you. Because he recognized, even Michael the archangel recognized the stature of Lucifer. I'm not building Lucifer up because he's defeated. The point is, he's such a highly created being. Endowed with such tremendous insights and knowledge. But there was something hidden from him. And because he couldn't see it, and because he couldn't access it, he just knew it didn't include him. He knew that one day Christ would sit in that place in the universe. 
And it, and, and it just, I guess, drove him crazy. God has intended to take you and me, common people, and join us to Christ. And make us joint heirs with Christ. In all that he has. All of his wisdom, all of his ability. Say, well, I don't feel like it. It's not based on feeling. And, and besides that, God's not finished with you. It's not finished with any of us. Oh, glory to God. All right. Why the big secret? This was kept secret. Kept secret. Have you ever known anybody that made a big deal out of something and you thought, when you found out what it was, you're going, you know, a, a, a secret, they want to keep something secret. And, you, and then after you find out, you're going, what was the big deal? Nobody cares. <laughs> That's like, oh, I've, gotten, I've gotten a new car, but I don't want anybody to know it. Yeah, it's such a beautiful car. I just don't, I, I just got to keep it hidden. Well, that's, you'd go, well, it's just a car, dude. It might be nicer than my car, but you know, so what? But when God makes something secret, when there's something so important that God thinks it needs to be hidden from all generations of man, Hidden, and it was hidden before the foundation of the earth, before the beginning of the ages. It was hidden in Christ. It must be a pretty big deal. It must be something really epic. Go over to Ephesians. Oh boy. This is wonderful, isn't it? Ephesians chapter 1. No, go to, we'll come back to one. Go to three. That's why I just want you to see that this is not just a, a, a side issue with the Apostle Paul. Verse one says, Ephesians 3, 1, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation or stewardship of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation... Paul talked about another place in, in, in Galatians. He said, the gospel I preached, he said, I didn't get it from anybody else. Nobody taught me this. He said, I got this from the revel- by revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus appeared to Paul and revealed these things to him. And, there's, and they're the word of God. There's not just some crazy person. How that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery. As I have briefly written already... By which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it now has been revealed by the Spirit to his holy prophets, apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister, Paul talking about himself, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Notice verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That, that, that expression fellow heirs in the Greek word there 
is the identical same Greek uh, word back in, in Romans chapter 8 when it talks about being joint. We're not just heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. It's the same language. That the Gentiles should be joint heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in union with Christ, our, our, by our being in Christ, our union with Christ. I, I've said this many times before. It'll help you so much. It'll bring so, it'll absolutely open your eyes. Is every time when in the New Testament, when you see in Christ, in your mind, think in union with Christ. It's talking about when we're in Christ, we're in union. We're one with him. And, and when I read the New Testament, I, I, most of the time when I'll read an expression, particularly if I'm meditating on a passage and it's talking about being in Christ, I, I always read that and meditate on that in union with Christ. We're one with him. Oh, glory to God. We have, we have become... Joint heirs of the same body, the body of Christ, and partakers of his promise in union with Christ. The promise and the plan that God had to exalt Christ above every name that's ever been named, not only in this age, but in the age to come, and and so forth, and there's so much more that goes along with that, God's plan to exalt Christ included us. The promise that he made to Christ that he would do this, we're partakers of that by our union with Christ. You're in Ephesians 3. Now go back over to chapter 1. Verse number three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us here and there. We have some nice things. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in the heavenly places, in the heavenly realm, in union with Christ. Let me ask you this. Are there any spiritual blessings you don't have? Couldn't be. Because he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That means there aren't any other spiritual blessings. No other, no other spiritual blessings exist. That God hasn't given us by virtue of our union with Christ. We have some learning to do, don't we? We have some digging to do. But don't worry, the Spirit searches. The Spirit searches these things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's keep going. Just as he chose you and me, just as he chose us in union with him, that is Christ, before the foundation of the world. I mean, you could stop right there and just shout the rest of the afternoon. 
He chose us. He chose us. We didn't just We didn't just show up and knock on his door and he opened the door and let us in. We have that idea, you know, in Revelation it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, you know, and and we let him in like, you know, it kind of, you know, he was just out wandering around. (laughs) No, he chose us. He knew you. He knew you. He chose you. In union, I said, well, I wasn't even around at the time. I know eternity is a little baffling. It's a little beyond our, our, our grasp. I understand that. But we can, we can understand what we don't understand sometimes. You know, we can, we can understand the, 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 the scope of it at least or the, or the implications of it. Before we were born, before we were even thought of, before our families ever existed. God knew you and he chose you to be in union with Christ. I'll get ahead of myself. As an example, to teach Lucifer, that fallen angel, that fallen cherub, to teach him the true wisdom. In his quest for wisdom, he's going to use the most basic, the most... He's going to use some fella who's, who's, who was born because his mother was raped. He was born into poverty, ended up a drug addict, went to prison for 30 years. He, he gets out of prison. Somebody witnesses to him. He gets born again. I mean, he has nothing. God's taken him and shows the, the devil. You wanted wisdom? Here's wisdom. Here's, look at this man. This is the wisdom of God. He's greater than, more powerful than, has more invested in him, Satan, than he, than you'll ever know or have. Everything you wanted, I've given to this person who deserved nothing. That's the wisdom of God. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, we haven't finished the first chapter of, of, Ephesians, it's pretty amazing. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Yeah, but I, I don't always measure up. Yeah, but he chose you. He knew that. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Now, we, we are God's sons Two, two ways. We're born into the family. We were born again into Christ. We are begotten of God. But when it talks about adoption, adoption is taking someone who doesn't belong to a family and bringing them into the family and giving them access to the family and making them them legally and in every way heirs and and able to benefit from everything in the family they're just not really biological sons well we are if not if you can use the biological comparison to our spiritual uh, nature we're sons of god we've been born into the family of god but the, the, the point is that in the natural, we were outsiders and people who didn't belong and God has grafted us in, brought us into the family. In that sense, there's the adoption. Okay. Well, but you know, 
We have the blessing every way we can think. (laughs) Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What does God get out of it? It makes him really happy. The fact that that you have decided to to accept Christ and become his child, this is his good pleasure. Oh, glory to God. Uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace. I hate to just read over this real quick. I hate doing that, but I'm going to do it for sake of time. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. And him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. That word means understanding. Now notice, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in union with Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in union with him. In him, in union with him, also we have obtained an inheritance. Having, uh, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I want you to notice that in verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Now notice in verse 10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ. What this is talking about is in the in the plan of God, all of creation in the universe, everything that God has ever created, everything that he's ever done, all of the divine purposes and plans and, and, and however, however else you want to describe the doings of God. God planned to bring everything together. In the exaltation of Christ. That down through the incalculable eons to come. There would be one name and one man. Yes, he was the son of God. But he became a man in order to do this. He had to become a man. God exalted a man. A human being. The Lord Jesus Christ. And for the eternities ahead, Christ will be the light. Jesus will be the name. The Lord Jesus Christ will be the glory. He will be the focus. All of God's wisdom is deposited in Christ. And the thing that that makes it so beautiful is that it has to be in the sense, it has to be because of you and I joined to Christ. Because remember, before Jesus ever became Christ, he was, he existed as the son of God. He already had everything. But God wanted to do more. 
He wanted to take fallen man and, and, and raise man that mankind that Lucifer went after to destroy because humankind was, was God's greatest, most prized possession, most prized creation. And Lucifer went after it to destroy it. Of course, God knew this would happen before, before time, and he kept this secret. Lucifer did his best to destroy the human race. God has assembled out of every tongue, every tribe, every nation, all peoples, all ethnic groups, from every family. He has assembled a, the body of Christ. And, and Jesus will be the point of focus through eternity. And we're right there. I, 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 I think about the times when, when presidents, of the United States presidents have been elected and they've had uh, uh, dependent children, you know, still living at home. I remember when Bill Clinton was elected, you know, and his daughter. And I remember when Barack Obama was elected and he had two teenage daughters. And, and then uh, when Donald Trump, you know, he had a, a son at home. And on, on the night... When the election was, was, was decided, they all come out on the stage somewhere. You know, Donald Trump came down the elevator again, you know. But they're on the stage. And those little kids, they're standing there. They didn't do anything. Nobody voted for them. But they're certain now, they're right there next to dad. Right there next to the president. Now they are somebody, they're just like, we get a little closer to daddy now. I'm not so mad at daddy now. He's not so bad. He's pretty cool now. Yeah, Jesus is the light that shines. But part of that wisdom was the gathering together of the body of, of people, of humankind, that Satan did his best to destroy. God has joined. Oh, glory to God. Do you have time for one more? But God, verse, chapter 2, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> the love of God is just so much greater than we have ever realized. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, that is with Christ. Raised us up together, made us alive together, verse five, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly realm in union with Christ Jesus. Now verse seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's, there's a reference there to none of us boasting 
But the devil was quite a boaster. Oh, oh boy, he boasted great things. No flesh, no one can boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in union with Christ for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But notice verse 7. That in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us. In Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the ages to come. How many ages? I, I don't know. All of them. I don't know how many there are. But in all the ages to come. God is going to use the church. To, to, to demonstrate his grace. In his kindness to us. In his mercy to us. Who were the least deserving of anything. Throughout the ages to come. He's going to show. And demonstrate. The riches of his grace. Glory to God. That's, that's who Christ is all about. That's why he, beca- that's why he became a man. That's why he left his heavenly domain and took on the form of a lowly servant and was made in the likeness of men. So the reason he came here was, was the plan was to show the grace of God, to reveal the grace of God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Go back to chapter 3. I said one more, but I'm going to read one additional one. Verse 8, to me, he said, who am less than the least of all the saints. <laughs> Have you ever thought of yourself that way? It's a good way to think. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. We're, we're, our, our minds are stirred, our hearts are stirred this morning thinking of, of the unsearchable riches of Christ. We, we, can only, we can only fathom a little of it. They're unsearchable to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the, was the, the creative genius. Everything that God created, he created through Christ. And Christ wasn't even Christ at the time. I don't know how that is. That just kind of stumps me. But see, God, God, doesn't, God, God doesn't dwell in the time zones. He didn't have to reset his clock this morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. To make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things to Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold 
wisdom of God. Are you listening, devil? Your, que- your, your, your quest for wisdom, are you listening? To the intent that now, the manifold, that means the many-sided uh, wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's just stop right there, right there. To the intent that now might be known the multi-sided, very faceted, many faceted sides of the grace of God might be known to who? Might, might be known by the church to the principalities and powers. That's not, that's not something that's coming. Now, there's something coming. Maybe we'll get into this tonight. There's something coming that's, that, that, that's going to happen. But this is now. That, that God's multi-sided wisdom would be demonstrated and made known to the principalities and powers. That's talking about those fallen spirits. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, he says in the sixth chapter, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in the heavenlies. When Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, you go in my name. When he transferred that authority to us, the intent the intent was that, was that God's wisdom would be made manifest to all of these principalities and powers that Jesus was raised up far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. We were raised up with him. Is it important that we exercise authority? Is it important that we use the name of Jesus? Yes. It's not just a Sunday thing. Too many Christians think of themselves as, well, you know, I was, I was lost, I was a sinner, and I was, you know, I was, I was going to go to hell, but God in his mercy provided a savior, and I received him, and now I'm born again, I'm going to go to heaven. Listen, if that's all there was to it, that would be wonderful. I'm not dismissing that. All of that's true, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. But there's a bigger picture. There's, a, there's an eternity picture that, that is greater than you just being in heaven and missing hell. There's a bigger plan than that. God, God is demonstrating to, this, to these fallen principalities, powers, these evil forces. God is demonstrating to the church. I mean, to these, to these, to these fallen powers by the church. His great wisdom. Glory to God. In that he gave us authority over them. It's important, church, that we take our place. It's important, it's important, it's important. And it's going to become more important later that we do it today than it is today. Because today, right now, that now might be made known by the church. But there's some, there's some times coming after this when it's going to be important too. And we need to be, we'll talk about this tonight. We need to be taking care of business now so that we'll be in a position to, to, to do what needs to be done later because there's another job ahead for us. Oh, glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
writer of Hebrews talked about such a great, such a great salvation. Oh, our salvation is so great. It's, it's greater than just what we were saved out of. It's what we were born into and the divine eternal purposes of God. And I'll even jump ahead past tonight and even go a little bit further. Your particular calling in life has something to do with the calling of the church. Your individual calling and purpose in life is a part, an important part of what God has called the church to do in fulfilling these things we're talking about this morning and the things we'll talk about tonight. Your particular path, your particular race, your particular uh, uh, call on your life as an individual. I'm not a preacher. You're still called. God has a path for you to walk, has a race for you to run. And, it, and it's part of the big picture. The body of Christ isn't like a big bowl of numbers. Brother Steve is, is 19, you know, trillion, 575 million, three, billion, 300 million, you know, and you're a different number. No, each God knows every one of us and created us with a plan It's like all of the, of the parts of a very uh, sophisticated engine or, or something that every part has to be functioning for it to work. Every one of us has a, has a part to play in this drama that we've been talking about this morning. The unfolding of this drama, the display of the grace and mercy of God. Every one of us has a purpose. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Thank you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding that we may know what is the hope of this calling, the calling on the church. What is the future? What is the future of this calling that's on the church? What is my future? What is each person here? What, what's their future? What's the, what's the destiny? What, what does this call, the hope of this calling? And what are the riches of the glory of our inheritance in Christ? What is the exceeding greatness of this power that's available to each one of us who believe as demonstrated in the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. Oh, glory to God. You raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places. Because you raised us from the dead. You raised us up. You seated us together. With Christ in the heavenly places. Far above all principality. Power, might and dominion. Now. Now. Not in the future but now. And every name that's named. Not only in this age. But also in that which is to come. 
And you put all things under his feet. All these principalities, powers, rulers, and so forth. You put these things under his feet. And you gave him to the church as head of all of these things. Oh, glory to God. Thank you for the understanding. Granting us a deeper understanding. So that we will see our way. So that we will understand our days. Father, that we will walk soberly. We don't know a lot. But Father, that which you would enlighten us in. That which you would show us. Father, may we have the wisdom and the revelation so that we can walk worthy of your calling. Glory to God. Being fruitful in every good work, increasing in our knowledge of you and of Christ. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.